right, everybody, settle down, settle down. It is time for your final exams of the second semester here at the Umbrella Pod Academy. So pencils down and then pick them back up to do your exam because that's how exams work. <laughs> All right, Alex. Sorry I'm late for class, Teach, but you're also fucking late to class, too, when it comes to this podcast. I'm the bad kid, you're the good teacher, and then there's a third guy, too. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the final episode of Season 2 of Umbrella Academy, The End of Something. Listen, I get what you're saying, Justin, but there is no better time to talk about a show than like half a year after it comes out. I Hell like to say yeah. that we're, we're building, we're bridging the gap between season two and season three in our podcast about season two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, this is Wait, uh, the much belated season has, two ending. Yeah, what's, what's up, Pete? Has season three been confirmed? Is that going to happen? Yeah. They're oh, filming great. it right now as we oh, speak. Oh, that's great news. I didn't know if this was going to be it or what. No, no, no. It's totally, particularly after that cliffhanger at the end, it's totally in production. It's happening. Yes. Uh, oh, That's great Let me just news. give a little spoiler warning here. If you haven't watched it, though, I'm sure you have. Check it out. Come back here because we're going to talk about it. But they've cast the Sparrow Academy at this point. They're in silhouette at the end of the episode. So that's going to be a big deal going forward through season three. But yeah, it's a huge hit. It's one of the biggest shows on Netflix as of season two. So they're all in. It's happening, baby. Great. It, it is amazing. That, oh, go oh, ahead, sorry, go. You go. I was going to say, see, speaking of that silhouette, did it look like there was a, like a floating box? There like, is. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. While you guys are talking, I'm going to bring up uh, the Sparrow Academy because they had a very, very fun name for that floating box. It's like Psycho Positronic Cube or something like that. Uh, I uh, thought it would be uh, Klaus. If like anybody was going to turn it into a box and it would be hilarious, it would be Klaus. That would be fun. No. So these are these are all new characters. We're very much jumping to the end of this episode. But while we're talking about it, <laughs> yeah. uh, these are all new characters except for Ben who is going to be part of the Sparrow Academy. Uh, hold on, Pete, just hold but on. I got There's so, many, so many questions details. about I know that. you have questions. Let me answer some of them before you just start rattling through all 56 of them. Uh, but the very fun thing they did when they were sending out the casting announcement for the Sparrow Academy is they did things like Cassie David uh, will play James, Sparrow number six. And then the last one was existential dread-inducing Cychronium Cube. In parentheses, newcomer will be played will play Christopher. So very cute. But shouldn't shouldn't it be like because it's different versions of them, shouldn't they be like similar to the nope. Umbrella Academy? Nope, it's not different versions of them. Remember oh, we are so cart before the horse here, but remember there were forty three kids who were all born on the same day. So I think the implication oh, here fuck me, is that right. other than ben, I thought it was like a different dimension, so like different versions of them. I read too many comic books. Yeah, well the thing is I think there's a lot of questions that obviously they leave open by the end of the episode in terms of what happened to the timeline how how did the timeline change? Why is there a Sparrow Academy instead of an Umbrella Academy? Uh, but uh, I think the one thing that we probably can not confirm, but say pretty firmly, given that it shows up in the Umbrella Academy comics, is these are some of the other kids that were born on the same day as the kids in the Umbrella Academy. Uh, and Reginald Hargreaves, for whatever reason, adopted them instead of the Umbrella Academy Interesting. Kids. I got to say, though, like... 
dream project would be able to be the voice of a psychotic box. I mean, that would just be, mm-hmm. I could die after that. You know what I mean? I like to consider a phone, my phone calls with you uh, talking to a psychotic <laughs> box. If my phone's a box, you're the psycho who's screaming out of it. Um, and I do think, yeah, there are a lot of like the, we don't know if our, our characters have been eliminated from the timeline. So they moved on or if Hargreaves because of his time with them, um, is like, oh, I can't use these kids. They're trouble. Let me go back and do <laughs> yeah. these other kids. Like, there are a lot of that open makes questions sense there. right there. But I do want to say, like, it is amazing the fact that we have taken so long to do this. We're amazing people, and we're uh, <laughs> the fact that we're doing it now is just just for the best. The fact that Umbrella Academy has really carved out a place as this like widely popular uh, show that is a superhero show that exists outside of like the Marvel cinematic universe and all those very popular shows that are happening right now. All the, the CW shows is awesome. I, I don't yeah, think I, we could I have seen that I particularly feel that way after season two. I've been, I haven't really felt comfortable talking about on the podcast, how much I oh. dislike season one. I don't know if you guys know that. You've uh, mentioned yeah, it yeah, a bunch you've, of times. You've barely, general demeanor. Yeah. <laughs> But season two is great. It's super fun to watch. Agreed. This is a fun finale. I enjoyed this episode. It's ludicrously over the top just in terms of everything they do. But uh, the whole season is just so much more focused, so much more fun. And it makes sense to me. Like mixing that fun, that cheeky tweaking of superhero tropes that felt like it was missing a little bit in season one is in full force in season two. They got the tone right. I hope it continues in season three. Very happy with how this wrapped up. How did you guys feel about the finale? I thought it was great. To your point that you were just saying, I feel like season one was very tight in a lot of ways, just the, the way the performances were a little like tight, like, and by tight, I mean like constrained. Felt like they were a little bit stuck in the comic book um, IP, base IP, and weren't able to really bloom out of them. And then season two... I think the best example of this is Luther. And like we get to see him be this like st- so goofy, so yeah. funny uh, guy that like we never could have predicted that. And they really let it grow. I think that's true with all the characters. And I, I like agree. the way this ended up. Uh, yeah, I, I was and I love I love season one. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. Um, I love the comic book. So I was nervous about this being made. Uh, but yeah, it really felt like they found their stride and got their characters more and really kind of settled into this thing. You know, it's just kind of like, it reminds me of just like, you know, freshmen, you know, or like they're a little nervous, a little excited, not sure what to do with themselves. But then once they get used to the routine, they kind of really get, uh, find their stride. So I, I, I thought it was, uh, I'm so happy the show's doing well and I'm very pumped we're going to get a season three. This is this When is you're exciting. talking about freshmen, you're talking about the song Freshman, right? For the life of me, I, cannot I could remember. not believe it. What Who made me think that we were. Huh? What? What is going on? Well, I said we'd never, never compromise. compromise. For the life Who? of me. <laughs> Who? Who is this? Uh, That's a song that we just made up, Alex. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's amazing That's how it looks good. Justin and I, when we were freshmen in college, were actually in an a cappella group, even though we were in two different colleges at different times. Yeah. <laughs> it was a sort of a COVID-friendly a cappella group we were working on. We did it over, just over the phone. We, it really, what it came down to, Alex, is you and I would just sing each other to sleep. And that's fine. <laughs> it's a fine thing. It was for no one else but each other, and it's beautiful. Exactly. It, it was a beautiful thing. Uh, also, a beautiful thing was this finale. Very brief overview of the plot, though, again, I'm sure you've watched it. But this is 
everything comes to bear here. Uh, the group is on the run. They've been accused of JFK's assassination, uh, which is pretty wild. Uh, but they have managed to stop the apocalypse. So that's the positive part there. Uh, and then everything comes down to the farm. We actually bring it back to that because Harlan, the little bit that he has of Vanya's powers is driving him out of control. They head back there to help Sissy find Carl dead, just on the ground. Uh, and then the handler musters the forces of the entire commission to go after them. We get a big revelation here that Lila is one of those kids as well that was born on the same day. So we get another very fun bit of Diego being like, technically, we're not related. It's not a big deal. Very fun running bit there, uh, yes. picking up on the Luther Allison stuff. Uh, but he manages to convince her that maybe it's okay, and they uh, kind of defray, diffuse the whole situation from there. The handler dies again because of the Swede, uh, the remaining Swede in particular. And at the end, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, they all decide to go back to the present, which technically is 2019, I believe, for them. And when uh, they get I there, wish they I find... Go back there. 2019? Yeah. Really? It'd be sort of a bummer to go back there and then have to live it all. <laughs> well, no, I just want to stay right there, right before. The, oh, just know? in 2019. Not like, yeah. uh, man, I wish I could live through this year of quarantine again. No. Wait, so <laughs> you want to go back to 2019 and just keep looping back and keep reliving yeah, 2019? Just, just have oh. a sweet loop oh, of no old coronavirus. You know what what was so great about 2019? Go back further, Pete, to your yeah, prime. Jesus. At the very least, oh, yeah. go back to like 2014 or 15. Yeah. Okay. What do you say? What do you say was prime Pete? <laughs> I I don't know. That's hard to. I mean, it's you know only recently have I really gotten control of my anger. So you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to go too far back. Mm. I don't mm. want to go back to the Tasmanian Devil days. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. As we always like well. to say on this podcast, nice. So if you listen to our impression. <laughs> If you listen to our earlier episodes, it's a lot of Pete. What do you think? And you just like, oh, that was, I can't, that was honestly, I can't believe people listen. I can't believe people listen to that. Um, but I think one of the key things that uh, we didn't talk about in this episode. Uh, oh, what did we talk about in the we 10 minutes talked where we talked about, about you being anything. a Tasmanian devil and forming an we acapella group anything. that sang well, freshman? When you were recapping, you skipped over a, a really touching, amazing part, and that was everybody getting in the wagon. And that's when the family, you had to wait two seasons, but they all finally came together in this very oh, touching, the car. I, I got emotional. It's a wagon. It's a fucking wagon. Yeah, when I was Station skipping wagon. over most of the individual details about the episode, you're right. I did miss that. I think this would be a great time of the podcast where we could talk about all those things as well as the plot lines. And I agree with you. That was a great moment. I loved that we got the very typical Vanya saying, please, first of all, saying, please, I need you guys, which is a big moment yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. And then getting it alone. I was super bummed out when that happened. I was like, man, the show, come on, just yeah, go yeah. for it. The way that was whole staged, ending to your point, Justin, with Luther being a big doof, getting in the back, back and slamming so the funny. car on the ground. So funny. So great. And uh, the conversation between Klaus and Vanya there, too, was just really nice and sweet and funny as well. Just a well-done character episode across the board, as well as a big action episode. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about just the opening of the episode. We go to... 2006 uh, to Ben's funeral. Oh, 2006. 
We should have just lived there, man, yeah. yeah. The big revelation, of course, in that scene, which was kind of exciting, is that ghosts can get older over time. Like, because yes. we get a teen <laughs> Ben, but later on, he's much older than that as a ghost. So that's that's a cool revelation. Yeah, yeah. ghosts age, man. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great to be a thousand-year-old ghost, just like bad ghost bones. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, yeah, the bummer part is I have a fan script of Dazed and Confused, but it's about ghosts. And the main character says, that's what I love about ghosts, man. I keep getting older and they stay the same age. But oh, that's man. not valid anymore. Yeah. And I will say, Alex, I've read I'm that sorry script. You gotta, yeah, you got you to gotta trash that script. I'm sorry. This kind of really shit <laughs> works so hard on script. It. Yeah. It's really, you actually, also, honestly, it's only like two pages and it's mostly that line. Just repeat it a couple times. But what do you think about the title, Dazed and Confused? Oh, (laughs) wow. It's good. Wow. It's it's good. I have have some more notes. We'll get into them um, at the end of the podcast. So this opening scene, Justin, that seemed to have hit you. Um, Yeah, I thought it was... uh, It's a good way to... It really, again, shows that Hargreaves... Horrible personality is what infected all of them throughout yeah. the, their lives and season one up until like we're really starting to see them open up here in season two. And then I mean, the moment when Klaus stops Ben from going into the light, it's fucked up. Ooh, yeah. But like the even the dad can't be a fucking can't like not be a dick even at the funeral. You know what I mean? Like this guy. Luckily, he's an alien or something, because otherwise, like, come on, like, do where, who brought you up? How did you learn how to interact with people? Because it's so uncool. Uh, but I got to say, that was a pretty sweet coffin that Ben got there. That was a pretty badass coffin as far as coffins go. I, mean, I, I love do the, think Pete, you love a car. Anything that people ride in, you love all the way down to coffins. <laughs> Cars, always, coffins. Uh, whenever I see somebody at a funeral in a coffin, I'm like, ah, oh, sweet ride. <laughs> sweet ride Way to go out With a sweet ride bro. Yeah. Pete, I That's definitely want you to, you, you to Do my eulogy um, And really fo- Rather than describing My life Or anything Just really focus on Like I got no problem Talking about your coffin <laughs> I'll talk on. about your coffin For like 10 minutes Not to get too much Into speculation But I do think To your point about Hargreaves That's something That not only I would like to see, but I do think they're going to deal with significantly in the third season. If you go back, well, if you go back to the comics, I'm forgetting which arc it is. It's not Hotel Oblivion. I think it's the one before that, where it's revealed that, I'm forgetting the exact details, but I think Hargreaves reveals that he has a secret base on the other side of the moon where they're holding supervillains the same way that the Umbrella Academy are the superheroes. That kind of leads into the Sparrow Academy thing. So I think they're going to do kind of a riff on that now that we know Hargreaves is an alien. But I do think there's going to be a certain amount of answers in terms of where does the Umbrella Academy come from? Why do they have these powers? What is Hargreaves about? Why is he so angry about things? Uh, Particularly given we got a little bit of softness with his relationship with mom over the course of the season, I think and that's Pogo. a di- and Pogo. Dude loves Pogo. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a direction that hopefully they go in because it feels perfectly set up uh, from this episode and beyond. It but will be very. To- f- I, it will be a fun storyline if he's super nice to the Sparrow Academy, just like <laughs> the most like gentle, chill father and headmaster. Yeah, and the, all of the Umbrella Academy could be like, "What the fuck? He's making <laughs> special dinner for them, oatmeal." Breakfast. Uh, I do. I do think you get back to your point, Justin. That uh, like 
to not walk into the light to see uh, one of your siblings like pissing your dad's gas tank, though. I mean, that's pretty hilarious. You know, I don't know like how quickly you got into get into the light before you go, but I mean, I feel like God would be like, "Oh, that's funny. You could stop and see that uh, before you go into the light." Could we? Uh, yes, one hundred percent agree with everything that you're saying here, Pete. Uh, just to get back to some plot stuff for a second, uh, let's talk about the farm storyline and how that wrapped up uh, with Harlan, uh, who seems to have a little bit of power left at the end there. So that's a dangling yeah, yeah. plot point to pick up on. But I, I think we spent a lot of the season wondering. This is nice, but what is the point of this? How does this tie into everything? Now we see how it ties in. Now we see how it pays off. So what was your feeling on it as a whole and how it resolved? Uh, I, I liked it. I, I thought, especially as an episode, uh, as a season that felt like it wrapped, the main storyline wrapped up last episode, um, to be able to come into this and have something that still feels big and epic and we get the big uh, confrontation with the handler and paying off all of that side of it. And then I like where Harlan ends up because he has powers it's the 60s, so by the time he uh, grows up into where the rest of the Umbrella Academy is in the, their present day, he's going to be an older dude who may become a villain. Uh, yeah, he him. looks like a, he's going to grow into an evil mastermind, you know, uh, which is scary. But to talk about the farm a little bit, I mean, you can't talk about the farm and not talk about how cool that Herb Diego handshake was. Oh, I mean, okay. Herb, I really thought you were going to talk about the was, tractor for a second. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, Herb was uh, the boss from day one, and it was good to see Herb get voted into power. And I feel like, you know, that's really going to make a big difference moving forward. I would like to see, I feel like we are definitely spending a lot of this talking about what's going forward and everything. I, I agree. That's a fun position to put it in. I kind of hope, as much as I like the handler, I hope we're past that. You know, I hope we're past. Honestly, yeah. even the commission and time travel shenanigans and everything like that. Like, I just want to be set in a timeline. I love the setup of Umbrella Academy versus the Spower Academy. This was a huge finish here. You can't get bigger than thousands of people out of field charging gunfire everywhere. Vanya blowing everybody up. So that's a crest. That's the, that's the big punctuation mark on there. Let Herb go off, do an awesome job with the commission, do a spinoff Herb Leader of the yeah. commission, if you want, that's cool. But let the Umbrella Academy be its own thing at this point, I would say. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They still got to get back to their timeline. So you can't get, don't try to put Herb away. All right. Uh, you, we still need a little Herb action. Okay. And uh, they still need to get back to the right timeline. Uh, but I agree with you. I do want to enjoy this uh, Sparrow Academy and get to the bottom of this and then hopefully get to the bottom of what the father's fucking deal is. I say go home, Herb. Do your work. Keep your head down. We don't want to see you again. Um, That's awful, man. Uh, I think, um, especially to your point, Alex, like, it's really great to see this, this storyline wrap up with the team finally coming together just as a fighting team. We saw a flash of that at the beginning of the season um, when they were fighting the um, communists on the streets. Russians, of, of, yeah. Russians of, uh, of Dallas. Um <laughs> So that was wild, but we get well, to see it. Well, that's a front. Dallas is a front. Like, if you're Russian, first place you're going to hit is you're going to head straight over the land bridge into Dallas and then, mm -hmm. like, sort of expand outward in America from there, I would say. 
Yeah. Wow. You, you got to go to Dallas because of the, obviously the TV show Dallas, that's where the Cowboys, very famous mm-hmm. for being American, um, America's team. You got to take them down. Dallas Stop that. Don't, don't forget don't about Dallas that. barbecue as well. Exactly. No. They've got yeah. huge drinks the size of your head. I think legally they have to say oh Dallas BBQ because it's not technically food there. I think they only serve <laughs> margaritas with Corona bottles inside the margaritas with tiny margaritas inside the Corona bottles. <laughs> right. So like a like mastrica of margaritas. Mastricarita. Yep. One sip kills you. <laughs> Uh, that's the trick with Dallas BBQ. Um, that's a chain that only exists in New York, I think. Is that true? Probably. I don't know, but oh, I okay. think so. I, I do think the one I time I so. went there, somebody I was with ordered a alcoholic cookies and cream something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I was uh, like, oh, I don't think this is authentic. I do. It, uh, after you finish one of those drinks, they there's an AA meeting in the back. Where you just walk right in the back. And you're like, hi, I'm so sorry, I can't do this. Yeah. To How do you think anymore. they make their ribs? You have one drink, and then you know, dot dot dot. Question mark. Pete, what were you going to say? I was going to try to steer it back to the show, and like, just I don't know what this is about, but I think we're uh, onto something here. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I just really uh, thought Diego stepped up this whole episode and did a lot of great stuff. Like in the beginning, like his rant about like you guys don't even know about the shit I'm going, I uh, I'm doing right now was hysterical. Really fed into his kind of like uh, a person he was in the insane asylum, and I thought that was really funny. But then be able to go from that to like give Lila the kind of like talk that she needed so that uh, they could kind of cooler heads could prevail was pretty pretty awesome i thought it was really touching well is diego the de facto leader now luther is sort of out of that whole game like diego is like the bad bad i feel like number five's the leader you know yeah yeah i mean as close as they're gonna have to a leader five is the one who's like hey get back on track guys we gotta save the world but diego is maybe the heart of the team in a certain mm-hmm. way, he's certainly the one who is appealing to Lila that way and to everybody to be like, no, we don't need to fight. We need to win her over to our side. Um, so that was interesting. The, what do you think? Uh, of, oh, oh, go ahead. No, that's cool. I was going to uh, say uh, Vanya's like the cool, aloof, like, oh, whatever. I've got like crazy superpowers, but I don't use them unless I have to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what about the Luther Allison relationship, which we get a little bit here? I thought that was nice. That was a nice seed. I think that seeded time to everything going on with Diego and Lila was yeah. my feeling because that moved to the forefront in terms of a romantic relationship. And the the I think the line was not our biological sister, which is yeah. funny. But like uh, you, you Allison, can only run so many of those jokes and that plot line in the same episode. Uh Allison's letter to Ray I thought was really touching and nice. That was yeah. nice. I wonder you what he's going to do with that. Put it in a frame or a scrapbook? No, I'm just saying, like, he knows a lot of stuff going forward now. And I feel like that that is only one of the many things that potentially could have broken the timeline uh, when they head back and encounter the Sparrow Academy. Uh, what about Lila's powers? We haven't really talked about that. There's a reveal that she's a mimic, uh, essentially, yeah. which I thought was great and something... Yeah. At least the first time through watching it, when she has that five, uh, that fight with five a couple of episodes back, they filmed it in such a way where I was watching that. I was like, what? Is she jumping around the room like him? How is she doing that? But they don't make it totally clear until this episode. Yeah. I think that was a really nice 
seeding of that thing, telling you it was coming, but not specifically putting it out there. Also, great use of a frying pan, like super smart. Well, and I think that also points to why um, the handler went so far out of her way to keep Lila under in her thrall, because Lila is so powerful. I think we didn't when it was like Lila's just like a great fighter or whatever, it was like, why is the handler doing so much to trick her? And it's like, oh, she's actually perhaps the most powerful person um, in the who was born on this day. And then classic handler moves. She's like, oh, I see someone who's more powerful than that. Let me screw uh, her over so I can try to be nice to the new person. This cold-blooded man. Yeah, this uh, gets back to what we were touching on earlier about I, as much as I like the handler, I hope her storyline is over because like we talked about a lot of the podcast, super fun to watch her fun scenes. The plot is just, it's very much dog chasing cars for her. I feel like where there's no specific plan. It's just, Oh, this thing happened. I'm going to react to that and get ahead of that. Uh, and just kind of throw that out there. So I hope I hope she is done at this point. We can kind of move on to new villains and new things. She was great for season two. Let's see something fresh. Uh, agree completely. Um, I love the the sort of fight, the time displaced fight sequence we got here, where Five fix every, fixes everything after everyone's killed, um, and just that and everything as a whole. It really did feel like um, I was saying this earlier. Everyone's powers. Everyone was using their using their powers at, at their sort of peak potential. And really uh, coming together both emotionally and as a fighting force. And then we get some great lines in here. Luther, love shouldn't have to hurt this much. I thought was really cool and very much opened up his sort of whole thing. And then Klaus afterwards, who the hell was that guy? Really putting a button on the (laughs) overcomplicated story that's always going on. He's like, the Swede? Does anybody know this dude? (laughs) Uh, Good stuff. Before we start to wrap up here, any other notes from the episode, things that you wanted to call out? Pete? Um, Yeah, I'm just kind of reading through. uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a reminder. It was a reminder that I had going off there. Okay. W- reminder of what in particular, Keith? Uh, the timing of that where you were like, let me just look through my notes. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Very, very the, sexual oh, the Klaus, uh, the Klaus very hat. Notes. The Klaus hat bit was really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was. Uh, yeah, just move past that, Pete. It's fine. Yeah, nobody just, just nobody will it. remember. <laughs> what I'm going through my notes. Okay. Yeah, are you? What's what does that sound like? Your music notes? No. I think those you? are the notes of the softcore pornography film that you've been watching. <laughs> oh my god. Uh yeah, I, I don't really have anything else that I'd want to call out other than I like this episode. This was fun, like you talked about. Everybody was in danger. Uh, and it felt like real danger when they got to that moment where everybody was dying, where I wasn't sure how they were going to get out of it. And then they did. Um, so just well-paced, fun to watch. Good episode. Pete, you, uh, yeah. do you have something? Yeah, the the uh, Luther, like the fight scenes in particular were amazing, but the Luther getting thrown through the side of the house where like they did so you could like see his face was just just so magical yeah, like really you, yeah there's so much danger but there's also so many like little fun character moments um and but also like very scared like they kept showing like number five underneath that uh, kitchen table getting shot up like 
Yeah, where you're like, I don't know if we're going to make it out of this, uh, but really just great, great action, and it really crescendoed in amazing... I mean, when you talk about, like, a last episode of a season, like, this really checks all the boxes. Yeah. Justin? Uh, yeah, I agree. I the I liked... I always love, at the end of a season or an episode or whatever, when we get to see the, like, oh, here's where these characters ended up. Um, and we get a nice run of that here. Sissy um, not going to the future. I think we all sort of knew that was going to be the, the case. The Swede um, gets in with Klaus's former cult, which yeah. I thought was oh, just man, great. That was creepy. Would love to catch up with that as just a little Easter egg in the next season that the Swede is somehow this like cult king in, in Dallas area. Um, Jack Ruby gets his gun um, and then into the sort of the Sparrow Academy stuff like really confidently handled. Yeah. The, the last moment to the shit moment was really just really fun. Great way to end it. Super fun. And let's end this podcast talking about who gets top marks maybe for this episode and also for the season. How about that? Justin, you want to go first? Um, I mean, who, how do you choose a fave here? Yeah, it's tough. Um, it's tough. It's sort of a season long fave. And uh, I got to give it up for Luther. What a, just nice. uh, across the whole season, I think he's he was the most interesting pop for me and the biggest change. And the fact that they were able to pull that off in the middle of like just the plot firestorm that they had going on this season was really cool. But across the board, I think it was, everything was an uptick from season one. Yeah, um, I I agree with the the Luther. I also want to give it up for uh, Diego. Uh, for the whole season, like that whole arc was really amazing. But um, for this episode, it's Herb. There's no question. (laughs) No question. No No question. Yeah, it is really hard for this episode because everybody gets their time in the sun. I'm just going to call out Vanya because we haven't talked about her yet. uh, But great arc over the course of the season. I think there was a really nice resolution here in the conversation with Sissy. Uh, Excited to see what happens with Vanya going forward, of course. But overall for the season, got to say Klaus. Always Klaus. Klaus all day, er day. Uh, Love Klaus. Uh, Robert Sheehan's amazing. Cannot wait to see what happens in the next season. And just the development of the character that he has these sneaky moments of absolutely gut-wrenching sorrow in the middle of everything is so incredible to see. Uh, Great stuff. And folks, that is it. Finally, for this season of Umbrella Academy. We did it. We did it. We finished it up just in time, probably, for season three to kick off. (laughs) And to that note, uh, as things happen, now that we are actually caught up, if there's a trailer, if there's things like that, maybe we'll pop in some episodes here or there. Uh, But as is, we'll definitely be back for every episode of season three on Umbrella Academy, Umbrella Pod Academy, excuse me. Uh, In the meantime, you can support us at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to chat with you about Umbrella Academy at Pod Academy on Twitter, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, schools out forever! School's out, but there's still time for me to check my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this this porn music I found is very percussive. (laughs) 
Oh my god. Save it for our acapella. Good night, Alex.